Welcome to It's Just a Life Lesson. This is your host, Demetrius, and I want to first thank you for tuning in to hear this great episode. And if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe and the bell icon. That way you will be notified when another episode has dropped. I hope you gain something from the message in this episode. And I hope that you like this episode. Feel free at the end to leave a message on what you think or if anything you want to add on or even give ideas. I'm open to everything. Again, thank you. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I would like to first start off by apologizing for my absence and being two weeks late on dropping episode two. Uh, my family and me, uh, we got very sick. Thankfully, it wasn't COVID, but it was sick and it was bad enough to where it was hard for us to get out of bed. And I have a, on top of that, a six month old baby and a three year old daughter. And they were, they weren't as, as sick as, as the parents, as me and the mother, but they were sick and, and we were sick and it was just hard to get up to do anything. So I want to apologize about the absence, but I feel a lot better. We feel a lot better. Um, everybody's doing well. So I thank you for your support and for your love and concern. Okay. So now let's get into the quote of the week and that is from Theodore Roosevelt and it says belief if you believe you're halfway there and that's very important to know because a lot of people stress out about things they have to do they stress out about what needs to be done and and it can be overwhelming but just to know that if you believe you're already halfway there the next half of the step is taking action okay so take notes and write down um, the quote of the week and, and, and just practice it. Practice it. Apply it to your life every day and, and, and see if it makes a change in your life. And definitely, at, um, once you're done listening to this episode, go ahead and uh, leave a comment and let me know how the quote of the week affected your life. Okay? So let's go ahead and get straight into... Episode two, which is titled Love. Now, so episode two is directly based upon love. Now, a lot of you might not know, some may know, love is actually broken into eight different types. So it's eight different types, and all the types of love are catalyzed differently, right? So each of the love, each love affects us uniquely. It affects everyone uniquely, right? So let's get started with love number one. Well, before we get started, I want to say I, I, I might slander some of these names. So bear with me. And if there's anything I need correction on, feel free to leave the correction in the comments. Uh, on how to, if you know the the correct pronunciation of these words, okay, uh, these names. I'm sorry. So, love number one, it's philia, love, philia, right? So philia love is actually an affectionate type of love, 
right? So philia, philia love is is what they call brotherly love, right? It's love without romantic attraction, and it occurs between friends or family members, right? It occurs when both people share the same values and respect, and they respect each other. So, one thing to also think about when it comes to filial love is that it that it's when you or another person hold the same value, not different values, not one have you know more value than the other. It's the same value and also the same respect for each other. Now, respect is is different person to person. So, for example, you may like. You may, uh, jumping on a couch may be disrespectful to you, but to your friend, it's okay. Now, that doesn't mean that that person disrespects you. They have to respect you in the way you view respect, and you have to respect them in the way that they view respect. But the love catalyst for philia is actually the mind, because your mind articulates which friends are on the same wavelength as you and who you can trust. So how can you how can you show philia love, right? First is engage in deep conversation with a friend. Right now the word keyword in that is engage. You have to purposely act towards that conversation with that person. You have to be open and trustworthy. That's a big word, trustworthy. Can that person trust you? Have you earned their trust so be open and trustworthy also be supportive in hard times now that doesn't that doesn't mean that because you're going through hard times you can't support them it doesn't say be supportive through through their hard times it says it's it's to be supportive through in hard times whether it's yours whether it's theirs be supportive in hard times and that is another way to show philia love Okay, so the next love that we're going to speak about is pragma. Pragma love. Now, pragma is actually an enduring type love, right? So pragma is a unique bonded love that matures over many years. It's not something instant. It matures over. It takes time to build and it matures over many years. It's an everlasting love between a couple that chooses to be to chooses to put equal effort into their relationship. The equal effort. That don't mean one person do all the job. It is a love where two people choose to put equal effort into their relationship. And if I'm not mistaken, nowadays that's what you know, uh, relate people, uh, couples in relationships. They call partners. You're my partner. I'm your partner. We're equally putting effort into this relationship, right? It's a commitment and dedication, right? So commitment and dedication are required to reach pragma type of love. And a lot of people don't understand that commitment and dedication are two different things. They put them together and they think they're the same thing. But you have to be committed and you have to be dedicated to reach pragma. So instead of having that feeling, oh, I'm falling in love, with pragma, you are actually standing in love with your partner that you want by your side indefinitely. So that word standing standing in love 
falling is a sense of losing control. So if you trip and you go to fall, you're not falling on purpose. It's a, it's a it's an incident. It's an accident. It's out of your control. But standing in love means that's where you want to be. It's it's like I said, it's a commitment. It's a dedication. It's a choice. Standing in love. That is pragma. Now the love catalyst for pragma is your subconscious. The subconscious drives you. It drives partners towards each other. Now this feeling comes unknowingly and it feels purposeful. So remember when I said that you choose to be there, you're standing in love. So pragma feels purposeful. Now how can you show pragma love? So to show pragma love, you have to continue to strengthen the bond of long-term relationships. Seek and show effort with your partner. Choose to work with your partner forever. And that is pragma love. That's number two. So number three is a love that everyone is familiar with because we all have had parents, you know, best friends. I mean, you couldn't be here without your parent, right? So, but we all have had parents that we love, whether it's mother, father, or grandparent, children, um, best friends. So this love is called storage, right? It's a familiar love. So storage is actually a natural occurring love rooted in parents and children, and it, as well as best friends. It's an infinite love, right? And it's built upon acceptance and deep emotional connection. This love comes easily and immediately between parents and childhood, uh, parents and children relationships. So that is storage love. That's the type of love you have for your mom, your dad, like I said, your grandma, your best friend. Um, and it's, it's the love catalyst for storage is memories. So this love is affected by your memories. That's why it's a familiar love. Like your memories encourage long-lasting bonds with one another. Um, I'm sorry. Your memories encourage long-lasting bonds with another individual. As you create more memories, the value of your relationship increases. So, like I said, it, it is a love that's based off of memories. It strengthens with the memories. And I'm sure all of us have had that that uh, childhood friend or that moment with our a childhood friend or a best friend or a moment with our mother or our father where we kind of sit down and we... We start laughing at events and we're laughing and we're, we're reminiscing about old times and we're just having fun. And it brings you that that feeling of love and, and you, you leave that situation or that conversation. You leave happy because of those memories, that storage love, those memories, right, is what builds that love. Now, how do you show storage love? First, you have to be able to sacrifice your time self or personal pleasure okay that is hard for a lot of us to do but it is mandatory to be able to show storage love quickly forgive harmful actions that's another hard thing for us to do and also share memorable and impactful moments that builds up storage love okay so let's go to the next number four Number four is Eros. Eros love is a romantic love, okay? Very romantic love. 
And if you ever met someone who is very romantic or have like a romantic characteristic, they portray Eros love, right? Eros is a primal love that comes as a natural instinct for most people. Right, those are people I said you, you you when you see them or you know them, get to know them, they have that romantic side to them. It is a natural instinct for most people, right? It's a passionate love displayed through physical affection. So if you guys know about the love languages, there's five different type of love languages. Eros love seems like it's more of the physical touch part of the love language because it's physical affection. So these romantic behaviors include but are not limited to kissing, hugging, and holding hands. And that's why I say it is part of that love language, that physical touch, right? This love is, is a desire for another person's physical body. And it only makes sense that the love catalyst for Euros is physical body or hormones. So your hormones awaken a fire in your body and must be satiated with romantic actions from an admired partner. So how can you show Eros love? Well, being romantic, of course. <laughs> Loving physical touch or showing physical, showing that physical, that love language, physical touch, right? Um, admiring someone's physical body. So one thing, one thing I want to make a note on with admiring someone's physical body. If all of us have some type of, we're all self-conscious about some type of our body, whether it's our teeth, whether it's it'll be heavy set, whether we're too skinny, um, you know, some, you know, women they hair. <laughs> some and men and and their abs, you know, we all have something that we're self-conscious about and we have low self-esteem about. So being able to admire someone's physical body, even though they may see it as a as a, a problem or imper imperfection, showing them that it's perfect to you, showing them that it it means something to you or that you like it will definitely portray Euros love like it, it shows that and they would get they would get a feel they would love it it builds a, it builds a bond faster than anything and uh physical touch such as hugging and kissing does the same thing romantic affection getting her flowers and even men some men love flowers getting men flowers um uh, going out on a date whether like i said whether you're a man or woman going out on a date, being able to pay for that date, or just showing some type of romantic affection, sit, you know, sit down and look each other in the eyes and, and be engaged in the conversation, um, rebuttaling that conversation with the other person, um, complimenting each other, flirting with each other throughout the whole situation, uh, the whole conversation. Um, those are romantic things. Sit down watching a movie together. Um, those things, you know, like, I know a lot of people when you go out to eat in restaurants and, and you sit across from your partner and you know you had that conversation that could you know you look into their eyes you're holding their hand that's romantic next time though when you go out to eat try to sit next to her or him on his side and, and be physically close to that person 
and that that's a way of showing Euro's love. So let's go on to no, number five, right? Number five is Ludus love. Now Ludus love is fun. Ludus love is a playful flirtatious type of love and everybody likes to flirt i don't think i know one person who does not like to flirt so ludus is a childlike and flirtatious love it's commonly found in the beginning stages of a relationship so the stage that everybody says uh what's that a uh, honeymoon stage you're in the honeymoon stage that's ludus love so this type of love consists of teasing playful motive and laughter between two people now although common in young couples old couples who strive for this love find a more rewarding relationship so just because you're an older couple older older uh, in the uh, older couple or older age doesn't mean you can't find this type of uh, rewarding love in your relationship so this is something, and in the honeymoon stage, a lot of people say, it's, it, I mean, use nine times out of ten, it's the beginning of a relationship, right? But you can also go through the honeymoon stage throughout different times of the relationship. You just have to be able to, to know what Ludus love is and then apply it at certain times in your relationship, right? So Ludus love, the catalyst for Ludus love is emotion. Your emotions allow you to feel giddy, excited, interested, and involved with another person. That is Ludus love. Now, how can you show Ludus love? So to show it, flirt and engage in whimsical conversation. So again, again, that word, engage. You have to purposely be there in that conversation and engaging, you are, you don't have to be the one to initiate it. But sometimes it goes even better when you are the person who initiated. So you might have to get over that shyness and initiate that conversation. Engage that person in whimsical conversation. Then spend, spend time together and laugh and have fun. So this reminds me of the other love language, uh, which is quality time. You have to spend time together to laugh and have fun exemplify childlike behavior together and an, an example of that is like my six-month-old daughter <laughs> i promise you it's and even my three-year-old daughter it's amazing how the the simplest thing i can do breaks them oh they break out laughing i can raise my eyebrow i can make a growling sound you know something like that and they just get to laugh and they, and, and they admire it and it's so funny. But to have that same behavior in a relationship is amazing. It keeps things fresh, right? It keeps that fire going to be able to exemplify childlike behavior. Lots of a lot of people say, oh, you know, I would like a goofy woman or a goofy man. That's where that comes from. Okay. So next we're going to go move on to love number six, which is mania love now a lot of people a lot of you guys don't know but love does have a dark side so people say love cannot hurt anyone that is a myth and i was one of those people who said love couldn't hurt anyone until i did research and i found out 
there is a type of love and it can hurt and it's very selfish. That is mania love. Now, mania sounds like maniac because that's literally almost what it is. It is mania. It's an obsessive type of love. What people nowadays call toxic, right? So mania is an obsessive love towards a partner. It leads to unwanted jealousy or possessiveness. Known as codependency, most cases of obsessed love are found in couples with an imbalance of love towards each other. An imbalance of the Euros love I mentioned earlier and the Ludus love that I mentioned earlier is the main cause of mania. So those two loves, imbalance of one or the other, is the cause of mania. Well, with healthy levels of playful and romantic love, the harm of obsessive love can be avoided, though. So the love catalyst for mania is none other than survival instinct. Survival instinct drives a person to desperately need their partner in order to find a sense of self-value. So if uh, my episode one, I talk about self-value. I broke it, broke, broke it down. What is it? How do you maintain it? And how can you maintenance it? How can you build it up? It's six different steps uh, in episode one. So if you haven't heard that, go check out episode one, self-value. But it's a survival instinct that drives a person to desperately need their partner. In order to find a sense of self-value, you are being obsessive over that partner. So on all the other loves, it's all about how do you use it. Right, But this love, we're going to talk about how to avoid mania. First, you have to recognize obsessive or possessive behavior before acting upon it. You have to think about what are you about to say? What are you about to do? Is it possessive? Is it, is it obsessive? Like You have to think about that before you act upon it because you can hurt yourself, you can hurt your partner, or even your relationship. Right, And mania can cause a relationship to crash. Even though it's love, it can bring a relationship to end because it's, it's very selfish, right? So another way to avoid it is to focus on yourself more versus another person. And this is what I speak about in episode one. Focus on yourself. Build your self-value up. Build who you are, your worth. You have to build that. Once you Once you build that and you're comfortable with yourself, then you're not going to have this imbalance of love, of Eros and Ludus love, and create mania, right? Also, you have to be able to put your trust in your relationship. That is another way to avoid mania. Trust your relationship. Trust that other person. And I know it's easier said than done, but these are things you have to do not to develop this love called mania, okay? So let's move on to uh, love number seven. Right, love number seven is actually self-love. This goes along with self-value, self-worth. It is self-love. It is called fellatia. Fellatia. Right? I might be, I might be slandering this word, but from what I can see, it's pronounced fellatia. Okay, so with fellatia, it is, it is a self-love. It's a healthy form of love where you recognize your self-worth. And don't ignore your personal needs. You cannot ignore the things you need. I don't care. It, it, 
first, first and foremost, you have to be able to take care of yourself in order to take care of someone else. You cannot give what you don't have. And you have to be able to instill all these things in you before you can even give them to someone else. So you can't ignore your personal needs and at the same time try to satisfy someone else's personal needs. That's not how life works. That's not how self-love works, right? So self-love is being with being. Um, self-love begins with acknowledging your responsibility for your well-being. It's challenging to exemplify the outbound types of love because you can't offer what you don't have, right? So that is fellatia love. And the love catalyst for fellatia is soul. Your soul allows you to reflect on your necessary needs and physical, emotional, and mental health. That is the catalyst for fellatia, your soul. So how can we show fellatia love, right? And when I say show, not to others, it's to yourself. But others will see how you do this for yourself. So you have to first create an environment that nurtures your well-being. You have to create an environment that nurtures your well-being. Okay? Take care of yourself like a parent will care for their for a child. I tell people this. When you become grown and it's no longer your parents' responsibility to take care of you, it's still your responsibility to then take care of yourself as your parents did. So it's it's not that the, the taking care of stops. It just transfers from one person to another. It goes from your parents to yourself. Okay. Spend time around people who support you. That is very, very important. Anybody else that does not support you definitely is bringing you down, right? Or behind your back, they're, they're, they're talking about you. They're slandering your name or things of that nature. So you definitely want to be around people who support you because I don't care who you are on this planet. We all need support sometimes, some days, and it's okay. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're not worth anything. Knowing the fact that you are human and that you do need support is acknowledging the responsibility of your well-being. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong to be able to know and accept that you need help and then go get it. Okay, so let's move on to the last one. Love number eight, which is my favorite, favorite type of love, and maybe yours too. Um, so love number eight is agape love, or if you're a Christian, you go to church, or, or, um, and uh, actually many other religions, they call agape love God love or God like love, right? So agape is selfless love has nothing to do with self, but everything to do with everyone else around you, okay? So agape love is the highest level of love to offer. It is the highest, numero uno, <laughs> it is the highest type of love to offer. It's given without any expectations of receiving or uh, receiving anything in return. So this love you give without asking or 
expecting anything in return. Offering agape is a decision to spread love in any circumstances. And I tell people all the time, love is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. Love is a decision. It's an everyday, even whether it's, whether it's uh, self-love, uh, fellatio, whether it's agape, whether it's ludus, whether it's uh, mania, whether it's uh, storage or euros, no matter what type of love is, love is a decision, right? It's not an emotional, I mean, it's not a feeling. It is a decision. Now, you can get feelings off of showing love or receiving it, but it, love is an everyday decision. So you, so agape love is you deciding to spread love in, in any circumstances, whether bad, whether good, whether hot, whether cold, you're deciding to spread this love. And, know, and, and knowing that you are the one deciding to spread this love, right, strengthens the reason that you are doing it. So, and when it says it, and when and when I mean when I say any circumstances, I mean any, like including destructive situations. Yes, you can spread love in destructive situations. You can be kind to people in destructive situations. Agape is not a physical act at all. It's it is a feeling, but acts as a self love can inflict. But acts of self-love can elicit agape, right? So acts of self-love can elicit agape since self-monitoring leads to results, okay? So, like I said, it's not, it's not an emotion. I know, I, yeah, I did say it's not a feeling, but it's not an emotion. Love is not an emotion, Right? And you can get feelings off of it. So the love catalyst, the love catalyst for agape is spirit. It has to deal with your spirit because your spirit creates purpose bigger than yourself. And it motivates you to pass kindness on to others. So like one thing I want to point out is that or I want to mention is like my mom's side of the family were raised up as Jehovah Witnesses. And, um, I, I love Jehovah witnesses. Uh, I was raised up as a Jehovah witness. Now I I'm not a Jehovah witness. I haven't got baptized or anything like that, but I was raised up in the kingdom hall of Jehovah witnesses. I studied as one. And one thing that they teach and it makes, it makes for a strong character is that they teach kindness, right? Like the fruits of the spirit. The fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faith, mildness, long-suffering, self-control. Those are all the fruits of the spirit. And agape, love, catalyst, is the spirit. And kindness is one of those fruits of the spirit. And I was taught that growing up. And where I'm from, they no matter what, no matter what was going on, no matter who they was talking to out in field service, they showed kindness. I mean, and some some people got spit on, doors slammed on them, everything cussed out, um, threatened, and they show kindness. And I'm going to tell you, that takes strength. That takes strength. It takes a lot of strength. Me personally, myself, I understand it takes strength to show kindness to your enemies or to anyone who 
puts you in a destructive situation or a dangerous situation and you have to be able to decide at that moment to show kindness instead of anger. That is agape love. You are able to forgive anyone and love them regardless. You know, so um, and then when I got when I got uh, older and I, I, I married, I got married and I started going to church and not all of them, but some of them actually showed agape love. And that's actually where I heard the term is God's love. Agape love is a God type love. So how do you show agape love, right? So one, you have to dedicate your life to improving the lives of other. Everything you do is everything you do, you dedicate to making someone else's life better. Not focusing on yourself at this time. Now you're focusing on other people, not yourself. So you have to stay conscious of your actions for the good of humankind. Whether you're angry, uh, what's going on, you have to be able to not show that, not lash out. You have to be conscious of your actions for the good for humankind, right? Then be able to offer up your time and charity to someone in need. And now that doesn't mean, like uh, me, I like going to soup kitchens. I, I like um, cooking and feeding the homeless. I've stopped at many uh, uh, Greyhound stations and the homeless are sitting outside a Greyhound station here in Michigan. And I I, I, I bring them you know, juice chips, a warm blanket or some clothes or I'm always helping someone in need, always, because I love to see the smiles on people. I love to see the people smile, especially if I know I made their day better, if I made their, I brighten up their life, right? That is agape love, to wholeheartedly be able to do that. Now, you got some people out here who like to record themselves doing it. They, um, it's, it's all for what the new generation call clouts. It's all for clout nowadays fame or recognition that's not agape love that is not agape love if you can do this without even being noticed and it still makes you just as happy that is agape love right so be able to offer your time and charity to someone in need and and uh, let me point this out it doesn't mean you have to know that they're their need if you're in line and you see someone at the grocery store and and you're just like, you know what? Let me pay for their groceries. That You don't know if that person in need or not. But guess what? You may have just helped them. They may have been in need. But that's, what, that's what's so unique and wonderful about agape love. You're able to help someone not knowing if they need help. Now, some people don't even need help. But the fact that you help them means a lot to them. And it brightens up their day. So that is agape love. That That is actually my favorite type of love. So... Let me put these these different types of love in perspective and what type of relationships that they are involved in, right? So philia, storage, and fellatio love is for friendship, right? Those fit more in type of inside of the friendship category. Now, pragma, euros, and ludus is more of a relationship or significant other type of love, marriage and those type of things. So pragma, euros, and ludus fits in type of a love relationship or um, significant other category. Now storage, agape, and filial love is more in a family category. Family category. So 
Well, to me, agape fits in all of them. Agape fits in family, significant other, and friends. And agape should apply to every last relationship. Um, whether it's like family, friends, or a significant other. Okay. So those are the eight different type of love. Um, and I hope I broke them down. Um, I dissected them enough for you guys to get an understanding of the eight different type of love, how to apply it and who to apply it to. Those are the eight different type of loves. And uh, if you have any questions, any corrections, any concerns, feel free to uh, leave a comment on um, on this episode here. And again, go check out my episode one, um, self-value which can actually use some of these uh, types of love in it. But go check out Self Value Episode 1 if you haven't already. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming this far. Um, thank you for your patience uh, with my absence. I really appreciate it. And I just want to tell you guys that I love you. Thank you. And have a great night. And enjoy your morning. for sticking it out with me all the way to the end i really appreciate the support and the love i thank the people who subscribe and if you haven't subscribed most definitely subscribe and then hit the bell icon so that way you can get notified every time i drop an episode Uh, but thank you for listening to this episode and again if you like what you hear and if you want to give additional support my cash app is in the bio description um, king d0815 that's k-i-n-g capital d 0815 and again anchor lets you give what is called a listening support um, so go ahead and check that out and um, anything that's given anything that's not i really appreciate it But what I really, really want to do is thank you guys for staying with me to the end of this episode and for listening. I appreciate it. I love you guys. Thank you and have a blessed rest of your day or night, depending on where you're listening from. Again, this is your host, Demetrius, signing out and have a great day.